Taking your business to the next level already presents its own unique challenges. Let me tell you what should no longer be a challenge for you, creating new revenue whenever you need it in order to move your business forward. And that is why I'm inviting you to join me for the Make Millions Move Summit. Well, you'll discover the internal and external paradigm shifts that will position you to make money faster, regardless of what's going on in the economy. One thing is true. If you want to make millions move, you're going to have to challenge what you believe to be true about money. So go secure your free seat for the Make Millions Move Summit and move to millionsmasterclass.com. So the highest emotion you can hold is the emotion of love. But like I said to you already, there are levels to love. There are levels to love. The nature to love is not to obsess. Some of you are so afraid that you'll covet money that you subconsciously reject money, which means that you're not experiencing abundance, the same abundance that you believe that Jesus came for. Ooh, I know that hurts. Let me say it one more time. Some of you are so afraid that you'll covet that you are subconsciously rejecting money. That's why you underprice. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnell Jervy Harmon, the place to be for high-level conversations about all things millions. Your mission, mindset, methodologies, mandate, movement, messaging, marketing, metrics, and most definitely your money. I am your host, spiritual business growth coach, Dr. Darnell J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you're ready to move to your next level everything, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by the Move to Millions Live After Party. If you missed us, This year at Move to Millions Live 2023, I need you to stop what you are doing and go to darnielle.com forward slash after dash party to lock in your free seat for our recap. I will also be doing a business makeover and teaching my favorite sessions from the experience. Trust me, you don't want to have to wait until next year to start on your Move to Millions. darnielle.com forward slash after dash party. Okay, so for this episode, you're going to need your Bible. That's right. We are about to have us a little Bible study. So as you know, last week was Move to Millions Live 2023 or two weeks ago, and it was ridiculous and amazing. I'm still trying to formulate the words and put them together to really express what happened in the space. We've been this week The team and I have been talking to attendees from the event experience and we're hearing words like forever changed. And I just loved that the room was so elevated, meaning the people who came to this event experience were the types of people you want to be in community with. It was ridiculous and amazing. On the evening of day two, I always host a super friends panel. My super friends are my seven-figure friends in their own right, brilliant, that come and lend their talent to what we are doing at the event. This year, the panel was nothing short of amazing. It's amazing every year, but this panel this year, coup de gras is what they were. 
Well, I didn't prepare questions and I normally, I do, I stop and think, what are we going to talk about? I didn't really go deep into the prep. I sent them some ideas of things that we had talked about in the past. And so while we were there on the panel, I wrote some things down as they were coming into my spirit based on what I was hearing the Holy Spirit say and what I felt like the room needed to hear from these amazing multimillionaires that were all on this panel. And so I wrote down a series of questions. I wrote a question down and I said, the question as I wrote it was, when did you become comfortable with money? That was the way I wrote it down, y'all. That was my intention of how I expressed the question to my panel. What actually came out of my mouth was in honor of one of my favorite movies, Brown Sugar. And if you've seen Brown Sugar, you know that... Um, Sid, who is Sanaa Latham's character, before she interviewed anyone, her first question would always be, when did you fall in love with hip hop? And so the Holy Spirit had me change what I have written down as my question. And so I'm looking at when did you become comfortable with money? I'm looking at that on my phone because that's what I wrote down. But what comes out of my mouth is when did you fall in love with money? No precursor, no setup. I literally just asked that question and my super friends began to answer. The first super friend to answer responded to the question and basically said, I don't have her exact words. I'm not in love with money, but I'm comfortable with money. Second super friend, same thing, gave the answer and again said, I'm not in love with money. The last two super friends, they answered the question as I gave it to them. And they talked about when they were in love with money. And one of my super friends asked me, we had a conversation just as kind of a like a wrap up from the experience and we were debriefing and I was getting feedback from them on what they loved and things that they would do different, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, you know, I trust you, but I was a little uncomfortable when you asked me that question. Would you mind breaking down and sharing with me why you asked the question that way? Because I know that if you ask me, there's something for me to get out of that question. And I was so glad that she had asked me because I didn't do any precursor. I didn't do any teaching. The panel was really to highlight my super friends and to help people to understand that when in community with me, you get access to all this extra greatness. And so I didn't give anything. But as I was having this conversation with her and as I was breaking down to her what I know about money, it brought up some stuff for me. And so the evening after having this conversation, I went to bed and I was literally praying God, I know you've given me this anointing for money. I know you've created me to be a prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. I know that that is the call and the mantle that is on my life. What do you want me to do with this, right? I literally asked that question. And I was awoken in the morning with all of this amazing, beautiful God kiss download That is what I'm going to talk to you about today. And so I want you to ask yourself a question. And the question is simply this. Were you raised, and I'm talking especially to my believers in the house, were you raised to believe that money was the root of all evil? I know you can't talk back to me, but I'm imagining that you can talk back to me. 
And so then my follow-up question, because I'm assuming your answer is yes, because that Bible scripture, which we're going to get into in First Timothy, because like I said, this is Bible study. So you will need your Bibles. If you're driving right now, listen this first time through. But then I want you to come back and I want you to listen for the revelation with your Bible in hand, because I'm going to point you to the scriptures that speak to what God demands that you know about money so that you can truly once and for all normalize. Oh, I wish you could be with me right now saying normalize, normalize money in your life experience. Because I know that some of you are so afraid to love money that you are not opening up space to align to wealth and abundance. And that is what God desires for you. Deuteronomy, we all know the scripture, we all quote it, we all quote it that you have been given for it is the Lord, your God, who has given you the power to create wealth. I'm going to actually open up my, uh, my Bible app. Cause I don't, I don't know. I'm sure some people still carry physical Bibles, but I like to use the Bible app. I mean, I have a physical Bible at home, but I'm not at home right now. I'm at the office. Right. So I'm going to open up my Bible and let's just, it's, it's so funny. It's on Timothy six. Um, but let's just go to Deuteronomy eight. And let's go to 8 and 18, because that's the scripture that I'm referencing right now. What I love about this scripture is that it is in, you know, it's in the front of the Bible, right? We got Genesis, we got Exodus, we move right into Deuteronomy. Like we're we're at the, the top or, well, not right. We got Genesis, we got Exodus. Let me, listen, if I'm if I'm saying this is Bible study, let me be a Bible scholar at least, right? So Deuteronomy is one of the first five books, right? So when we think about the Torah, For our Jewish friends, the first five books make up the Torah. So Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Okay, so Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Let me get there. I was there, but then I backed out. I always believe that when you are reading the Bible to make sure that you have the right context, you read two verses ahead and two verses after, just so that you have a context of what's happening. So I'm going to go up to 16. Deuteronomy 8 and 16, which says, I'm reading in the NIV, the New International Version. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. You may, verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, verse 18, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and soak confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as is today. Verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord, your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Okay. So, so ends the reading of this first part. So in Deuteronomy, what's happening, just to kind of give you a little bit of context, just right before I I read verse 16, what's being talked about is what happens when we think that the power to create anything is in our hands, that we alone have that power. So we're being reminded in this text that God actually is who gave us the power. And we are talking specifically about the power to create wealth, which is going to serve us well as we continue through this Bible study, because we're talking about money. Now you've heard me say, if you've listened to this podcast, any amount of times, you have probably heard me because I say it a lot. You have heard me say that the Bible mentions money 2,300 times, money, wealth, and possessions are mentioned 2,300 times. You might even be asking yourself, why in the world does God talk about money so much, right? 
God talks about money because he loves you and he doesn't want money to harm you, to overtake you. He wants you to understand how to use money as a tool to bless your family, to bless others, and to fund the advancement of his kingdom. That is why wealth, money, and possessions is mentioned so much. I want you to know that God talks about money, wealth, and possessions more than he talks about heaven or hell. That is how important money is. Understanding money, and most of us are raised financially illiterate, but hear me when I say that understanding money is about the normalization of your birthright to experience wealth. And so what I'm hoping to do in this episode slash Bible study is to help you to understand what money is, because I know that you have been misinformed. Because again, and this is white, black, yellow, tan. Most of us grow up in families where even if we have money, it is taboo to discuss. You're never taught about it. You don't learn how to use it. You are only taught by what is caught, meaning what you observe when money is discussed is how you form your opinion about what money is. But see, God was very clear what money is and how you are to use it. And that is why he talks about it so much. So now let's fast forward to you, entrepreneur, small business owner, on a quest for millions. You desire, you are millions minded. You listen to this podcast because you believe in your heart of your hearts that you have a desire. You have a a birthright maybe even to have access to millions of dollars. I want you to know a couple of things. Number one, that desire, you got it honestly. It was not put there by you. That desire is actually as a result of being in relationship with God. So I'm going to go to another scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Other texts say, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, right? When you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. I'm just cross-referenced, making sure I'm giving you the right scripture because I could be wrong. Okay, let me see. Um, I'm I'm looking it up because I want to make sure, again, and I'm not a Bible scholar, just for the record, if you haven't figured it out yet, but I do hear the Lord. And I know that God gave me this message to give to you so that you can stop missing what he meant for money to be for you. That's what this is for me. Because when I think about, This desire, okay, so we're going to go to Psalms. So it's actually Psalms 37. That is the scripture I was just referencing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you for your, for you allowing me to get everything right. Okay, yeah, so Psalms 37 and four. Um, Again, I'm reading in in, in NIV, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me read that scripture for you also in King James because I think most people read in King James, which is delight thyself also in the Lord, Psalm 37 and four, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of the heart. The word desire in Latin means of the father. So here's where I was going a moment ago. If you are millions minded, 
If you know that you know that you know that inside of you lies a millionaire, a million dollar CEO, and the ability to influence multiple generations with multiple millions of dollars, that desire is not yours alone. It is the desire that God placed in you. Now we know Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and approved you. That approval process is, is the process by which he puts every desire in you to come to the service that is at the time for your best and highest good. But before you are formed in your mother's womb, every desire God has for you is placed in the seat. So you came into the earth realm fully able to express the desire that God placed before your mom and your dad got busy. That is how much God loves you. And that is why God wants you to understand and normalize money. Okay, so let's get back to the message at hand. And I, again, I'm just gonna say thank you for bearing with me because I'm not a pastor or a preacher. I'm not a Bible scholar. I am just a girl who loves the Lord and who wants you to be delivered from the bondage of money that you are currently experiencing, which is keeping you from understanding exactly what it is that God wills and desires for you and how he wants to use your business to bring it into your life experience. And I hope that's okay with you. All right, so let's, so again, the question I asked earlier, and we're going to do this just before we take a break. How many of you are so afraid to love money, my fingers in the air quotes, that you are not opening up space to align to wealth and abundance? So let's take a look at the scripture just so that you can be liberated. So the scripture that costs, causes all the problem is 1 Timothy 6 and 10. And the scripture reads in King James, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Let me read it one more time. And then I'll read it in NIV. So this is King James a second time. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Okay, now let's bring that same scripture up in NIV. I always like to refer to NIV because NIV is a little bit easier right? Like the these and the thighs are a little bit less so that I can understand what is happening. All right. So here we go in NIV. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through, through with many sorrows. So it's, it pretty much reads exactly the same as NIV. All right. I'm a, like I said a moment ago, I like to not just read the scripture itself, but I like to go up to and down to, all right? So that was six and 10. So let's go up to eight. And it says, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That was eight and nine. Then we go into, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I'm gonna come back to you. Oh, I can't wait to break that down for you. Let's go to 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and, and meekness. I hope you caught what I just caught. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses, okay? We're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm gonna break this scripture down because I hope you saw what I, I hope you heard what I saw when I was just reading it, but we'll be right back. <laughs> 
I know you love the Move to Millions podcast. I know you can't wait every single week for me to drop a new episode. You know what that tells me? It tells me that you're also going to love my brand new book, Move to Millions, the proven framework to become a million dollar CEO with grace and ease instead of hustling grind. Listen to me. Everything you need to know to make millions of dollars without losing your shirt, your sanity, or anything that's important to you in the process is in this powerful book. It takes what you are experiencing each week on the podcast to the absolute next level. Go now to movetomillionsbook.com to grab your copy. You are listening to the Move to Millions podcast. I mean, the Move to Millions Bible study. This is your host, Dr. Darnell Jervy Harmon. And today, my goal is once and for all, break down for you money and the love of money so that you can be delivered and stop missing your blessing for wealth and abundance because that is what the Lord desires for you. When we started at the the top of our time together, we read Deuteronomy where we're giving the edict that it is the Lord, our God, who gives us the power to produce or create wealth, right? And now we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Before the break, I read verses 8 through 12, okay? So again, the theme verse, the verse that gets most of us all, you know, our panties caught in a bunch or our boxers all balled up. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows, okay? Let me just break down a couple of things before we even go into verse nine and and verse, I mean, verse um, 11 and 12. Okay, so which while some, we're talking about some, we're not talking all. So you guys are taking love and love, of money being the root of all evil as an absolute. But even in the scripture, Paul is talking about some which have covered it after. We're going to talk about coveting in a second, but I just want to break down these words. Some which have coveted after. If you aren't covetous, and I will define that for you, then he ain't even talking to you. And you don't base your whole life and your ability to have an amazing relationship with, with money and with God on something that doesn't even apply to you. He said, some which have coveted after have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. And what is he talking about to flee? He's talking about covetous behavior and erring from faith. That is what he's telling you to flee from, okay? And follow after righteousness. And here's what I want you to catch. He says, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love. Wait a minute. Hold hold up. How is a love of money the root of all evil if I am supposed to flee from being covetous and um, erring from the faith and follow instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness? Hold on. Hold on. Are you as confused as I am? Because how in one case is love, the the love of money, the root of all evil, but I'm supposed to flee from that and instead follow after love. You know what I realized, y'all? I hope you're realizing it too, is that there are levels to love. And see, some of you are making blanket statements that 
having a respectful relationship. Like if you've been in and around coaching, you've probably heard a coach who wants to help you to shift your money mindset, do this exercise with you. We've done it with our clients, right? Where we have you write down about your relationship with the person that you love, like your most prized relationship. And you write down how they make you feel and you know, what you can expect from them, all, all of the characteristics and the emotions that come up. And then they, they slip you a Mickey. The coach does, right? Because then they say, change that person's name to money. So like, if I were doing this exercise, I would be talking about my husband and I would be talking about how he makes me feel safe and seen and heard. He wants the best for me. He doesn't keep anything from me. And he really wants to see me to be a success. That's how I would, you know, I would describe our relationship. So when I change his name to money, that means money makes me feel safe and seen and heard. Money wants the best for me. Money doesn't keep anything from me. Money wants me to succeed. And so we do this exercise, but how many of you are really doing the exercise? Because money is really just an energy. It isn't what you have allowed it to be, right? So when I see the dichotomy and the double-mindedness in even just this passage, 1 Timothy 6 and 10 and 1 Timothy 6 and 11. So I go from the love of money is the root of all evil to, but flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. You know where this takes me? This takes me to 1 Corinthians 13. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. I told you this was Bible study. And I'm going to bring this. I have this in, in, um, in King James. I'm going to bring it up in NIV because it actually uses the word love. Right? So it's 1 Corinthians 13. It says, and I'm starting at verse one. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symptom. Sing, symbol, excuse me. Verse two. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Here's the definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. We're going to come back to that verse in a second. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be st- they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. Verse 12. For now we only see as a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Verse 13. And now with these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's back this thing up. Because 1 Timothy 6 and 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. But 1 Corinthians 13 
says the greatest of all these is love. This is how I knew that there were level to, levels to love, right? In six, Tim, first Timothy 6 and 10, it talks about coveting after. So let's talk about coveting for a second. How many, and I want you to ask yourself this question as you're checking in. And I hope you believe this is good. And if you do, will you do me a favor and leave a comment and a review on this episode? When you do that, it gets our reach expanded and extended and more people get to know about what it is that we're doing and what we talk about. You know, I have a mission to radically impact small business and entrepreneurship by getting rid of small business poverty and really helping people to walk into the wealth stream that their business was designed to be for them. So let's talk about coveting. How many of you love your kids and or your spouse? And how many of you know what that really means? Because let me break down to you what is covetous. Because I bet we don't covet our spouse or our kids, right? Coveting means to obsess over or lust after or to have a strong, envious desire for. And let me just tell you, I would agree that a person who obsesses over, lusts after, or has a strong, envious desire for money is the root of all evil. But you and me, the love that we hold in our hearts, the love that we share for our families and our businesses and our clients, our clients, it's the love that is patient and kind and doesn't keep score of wrongs. So there's this dichotomy. And this is the problem with not studying the word for yourself and just taking what is shoved down your throat by others who also don't understand and misinterpret the word. Because see, y'all are basing the desire or having money and having access to more money than you know what to do with, because that is your birthright. The only way we can produce wealth is if money is a part of it. Now, I'll be honest. Wealth is not just money. My good friend and client, Patrice Washington, shout out Patrice, her whole platform is on redefining wealth. So I agree, wealth is not just money and material possessions, right? She goes back to the original, I think it's the fifth century, 15th century definition of wealth, which is wellness and well-being, right? So money is only a fraction. She's got her six pillars. I invite you to check her out if you don't know who she is. Bad to the bone and will shift the way that you look at wealth. And I agree with Timothy. That if we're talking about coveting money, which first of all, you started a business to make money, right? No one is in business to volunteer. That would be a nonprofit and even nonprofit organizations need money. And I believe that love is when we have a healthy respect for something, we love it, right? So if I go back, let me go back and read this definition of love to you again. And let me know if you hear a healthy respect for it or if you hear covetous behavior that is about obsessing and lusting over. Because if you hear the latter, then I can see why you have, you look at money the way that you do. But if you hear what I hope you hear, I hope that it starts to shift the way you look at having a healthy relationship with money. Because it, it's, it's a desire that God has for you to produce wealth. Okay, so let me go back. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophecy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. I'm going to skip down to verse 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Okay, let's go back. We got that. Now let's go back to 1 Timothy 6. And let's go back to verse 11. Right after we were told that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil in verse six and 10, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. So eager for money. So the love that is eagle is, is evil is those who are chasing money. They're eager for money. Are you chasing money? Because see, if you're not chasing money, then God isn't talking to you. And having a healthy relationship, a relationship with money that is patient and kind, that is there to serve you and help you to expand the work that you do so that more lives can be blessed, transformed, and enriched. That's the love of money that is completely, unequivocally okay. So in verse 11, but you, men of God, flee from all of this, that covetous behavior and erring from faith, that erring from faith, which has pierce themselves through many sorrows. We want you to flee from that and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Here's the other thing I love about this. One of the books I refer to often is Ask and It Is Given based on Matthew 7 and 7 by Esther and Jerry Hicks. In that book, they give you the feelings and emotions chart. The highest feelings and emotions are love, faith, gratitude, appreciation, and trust. So the highest emotion you can hold is the emotion of love. But like I said to you already, there are levels to love. There are levels to love. The nature to love is not to obsess. Some of you are so afraid that you'll covet money that you subconsciously reject money, which means that you're not experiencing abundance, the same abundance that you believe that Jesus came for. Ooh, I know that hurts. Let me say it one more time. Some of you are so afraid that you'll covet that you are subconsciously rejecting money. That's why you underprice. That's why you let your clients off the hook when they don't pay their bills. Because you're so afraid that you acting, acting in accordance to what is the next best thing for you to do will be perceived as covetous behavior. And therefore you are rejecting wealth and abundance into your life experience and therefore into your business. Yeah. I hope this is blessing you. I think about the law of circulation, which is based on Luke 6 and 38. So let's go there. Let me pull up Luke 6 and 38. I hope you're enjoying this Bible study. Luke 6 and let's find verse 38. This book is, you know, if it's a 38th verse, you know, it's a lot in here. All right. So the law of circulation is one of the universal laws that says abundance or money is expanding around us at an ever increasing rate, right? Money or abundance never stops. That's what the law of circulation says. Now, Luke 6 and 38 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So in the law of circulation, when you give, this also goes into the law of sowing and reaping. 
and the law of compensation. When you give, when you put something out there, regardless of whether it's money or something else, it's going to come back. You just don't know where it's going to come back from. So I see a homeless person on the street and I give them $20 and I do it out of the kindness of my heart. I'm not recording it on Instagram and turning it into a reel. I'm not looking for any excitement as a result of just showing up and showing out on behalf of the belief that I could be a blessing to someone else. Simultaneously, abundance never stops. I have just given, and the word says, given it will be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. And out of nowhere, I open my mail and I get a check for $1,400. If that's not a $20 bill, pressed down, shaking together and running over. I don't know what is. That's the law of circulation. See, this is how much, excuse me, this is how much God loves you and wants you to understand money. I love to talk about the parable of the talents. We're going to get to that in a second. Because I know that when you understand this, it'll change the way that you see having a patient, kind, no record of wrongs, love for money. That is what I desire for you, that that is the kind of relationship you would be in with money because money is just an amplifier. It's just an energy. That's really all that it is. Let's talk about the parable of the talents. Let me go to the scripture. Give me a second. Let me get there. I hope this is blessing you. Oh, I hope this is blessing you. I feel so good in my spirit right now, y'all. Okay, so we're going, if if you're reading in your word, we're going to go to Matthew 25, 14 through 30. That's the parable of the the talents. This came up in the English standard version, right? For For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing his five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered, you gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him him who has the 10 talents for to everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not 
Even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant out into the darkness. In that place, they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, do you know what just happened? Basically, God is saying money is meant to be multiplied. So those of you who are in business that are not investing in your business, getting a return on your investment, you are going to be in accordance to the one who had the one talent and allowed fear. He said, I was afraid and I hid it. You have ever, have you ever heard the saying, scared money don't make money? That's right out of the word. It's an, it's an interpretation. It's a, um, an abbreviation, not an abbreviation. It's not the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, that is what happens. Why am I saying all of this to you? Because I want you to understand that what you have held to be true for all of these years, that the love of money is the root of all evil, even though that's not the way y'all say it. Y'all just say the love of money is evil. I mean, that money is all evil. Y'all just say money is the root of all evil instead of the love of money. We're not talking about the kind of love that is a healthy, happy, respectful relationship with money. And that is all a business coach like me, a person who has a prophetic anointing for money on their life like me. That is all I'm getting you, uh, attempting to get you to develop is a healthy, loving relationship with money. And I'm gonna purposely keep using the word love because I want you to remember that there are levels to love. I mean, think about it this way, the fruits of the spirit, right? That's what in 1 Timothy 6 and 11, he said, and pursue righteousness and godliness and love and meekness. Those are the fruits of the spirit. How could the fruit of the spirit be the fruit of the spirit and be evil at the same time? There can't be, it can't be the same love. They've got to be different. And your relationship with money is based on the fruit, not the evil. Oh, y'all, I hope you understand what it is that I'm trying to say. We ain't done yet. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back in just a moment to round out this Bible study on the Move to Millions podcast. We'll be right back. Stuck on the six-figure plateau? It's time that you cross over the million-dollar milestone with grace and ease. Part memoir and part methodology, Move to Millions, the proven framework to become a million-dollar CEO with grace and ease instead of hustle and grind, helps entrepreneurs and business owners simplify their processes to multiply their profits. Known for breaking down complex topics, I equip you with all that you need to leave the headaches of scaling your business behind so that you can be empowered and edified without compromising any of your values in the process. It is time for you to make the move to millions. Grab your copy today at movetomillionsbook.com. Welcome back to the Move to Millions podcast. I am your host, Dr. Darnell Jervie Harmon. And I pray that this episode has been a blessing to you. This is one of the longest solo episodes I've done in a long time. This message is so important and I want to make sure that you get it and you understand it, that when it comes to love, there are several types of love, right? In the Bible, when we're talking in 1 Timothy 6 and 10 about the love of money being the root of all evil, it is not the love that you hold in your heart naturally. We're not talking about chasing money or obsessing over money or making money your God. We're talking about understanding that the power to create wealth is going to include money and God desires you to have a healthy relationship with it as evidenced by 
the parable of the talents. One of the things that I think is important is that you understand that that healthy relationship with money is essential to being able to build a business that makes moves and leaves millions. It's going to be very challenging to be the change if you don't have any change. And if your business is set up where you just break even, then you cannot advance the kingdom and impact millions of lives. Like the call on your life, right? The mandate, again, Jeremiah 1 and 5, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and approved you. And all that he desired and decided for you at that point it won't be possible unless you understand that the love of money that is healthy and sustaining is the love that he desires for you. We're not talking about coveting after and erring from faith. We're not talking about that. And you don't do that, right? I just have a couple more scriptures I'm going to share with you before we call this an episode. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And like I said, if you have, please do me the favor of leaving a comment or a review, slide in my DMs. I'm here for all of it. Ecclesiastes 10 and 19 says, a feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry. This episode ain't about that. And this is the part I want you to catch. Money is the answer for everything. If God believed that having a healthy relationship with money was the root of all evil, why would he say that money is the answer for all things? Here's another one of my favorites. This one comes out of Proverbs 10 and 22. I love Proverbs 10 and 22. I'm coming to it if you're following along. The blessings of the Lord bring wealth without painful toil for it. A version of the Bible says, the Lord maketh man rich. The blessings of the Lord maketh man rich and add no sorrow to it. The blessings of the Lord maketh man rich and add no sorrow to it. Your ability to understand that money and wealth is your birthright. The power to create it is what is the power that God placed you. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all he could ever ask of, think, or imagine, according to the power that is at work within you, that power is in you now to leverage money, to access it without having to be covetous, or to err from the faith. God talked about money so much because he knew that it could be a disqualifier for building an amazing relationship with him. And if you really got in his word, you would understand what money is. And instead of shying away from or coveting, you would actually embrace it with all the love that God has given you in your heart. That is my biggest desire for you, is that you would understand that Money was designed to bring you the wealth that God promised you. The abundance, which includes money, it's not limited to money, for which he sent his son. That is all your birthright in which you are to experience. So when I say millions are your birthright and to access them, you need only move. What I really mean is millions are your birthright and to access them, you need only move love. I pray that this episode has been a blessing to your spirit. I pray that you will start looking at money as what it was always meant to be 
and find a way to leverage it so that your master in heaven can give you access to more. Money is to be normalized. If we remove the stigma that it has been because you've been thinking that money is about covetous nature and erring from faith, which is the worst level of love and not the level of love that naturally sits in your heart, I believe you'd be a millionaire already. That's my desire for you today. I'll see you guys next time. Care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. If this episode has impacted you in any way, would you please take a moment and rate and review? Doing so helps us to deepen our impact and expand our reach around the world. And if you are ready to start your very own Move to Millions, I highly recommend that you order your very own copy of my brand new best-selling book, Move to Millions, the proven framework to become a million-dollar CEO with grace and ease instead of hustle and grind. You can get your copy and our bonuses today at movetomillionsbook.com. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright, and to access them, you need only move. I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Move to Millions podcast, you are going to love Move to Millions Live. Get all the details to join us in the only room you need to be in if you've got millions on your mind and you want to learn exactly what it's going to take to access them in the next year. All the details are waiting for you now at movetomillionsevent.com.